or other senior government officials. And this just in an advisory panel for the Food and Drug Administration giving a thumbs up to vaccines from Moderna and Pfizer for children under five. Federal Reserve raising interest rates today. Today, the Federal Open Market Committee raised its policy interest rate by three-quarters of a percentage point and anticipates that ongoing increases in that rate will be appropriate. Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell says this is the largest hike in nearly 30 years. Well, the uh, meantime, the rate. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come, find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Has not had any adverse effect on the markets. The closing bell, the Dow was up, actually, 287 points. Mayor Adams endorsing Governor Hochul for a full term. And President Biden says the U.S. will send another billion dollars in military aid to Ukraine. Mets in Milwaukee, Yanks in Tampa Bay. Stanley Cup finals tonight, Tampa Bay at Colorado. Boston Nerdly's Rush Hour up next. Your forecast in the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center tonight, partly cloudy, lows in the mid-60s. Thursday, mostly cloudy, highs in the mid-70s. Mostly sunny outside the Midtown studios at 402-77 WC Time Check, sponsored by Bulba Watchers. Discover finely crafted timepieces available at Macy's. I'm Bob Brown. Traffic and transit next. Remember, the news never stops at WABCradio.com. WABC Traffic and Transit. All right, now we check on the Belt Parkway. Actually, start with the BQE. We have traffic backed up on the Gowanus Expressway eastbound. Exit 24 and Cadman Plaza, Staten Island. Traffic jammed on I-278 eastbound between Highland Boulevard, Exit 14, and the Verrazano Bridge. Checking the bridges and tunnels, GWB inbound upper 10 to 15. Lower the same outbound heavy Lincoln inbound 15 to 20. Outbound five minutes, Holland inbound 10 to 15 from the Turnpike, 15 to 20. 20 from 1 and 9 and outbound. There's 10 to 20 minute delays. No major problems on the rails or in the subways. I'm Bob Brown with your 77 traffic and transit update. Attention, Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now, here's Bo Snurdly. Welcome to your Wednesday on WABC Talk Radio 77, streaming around the world. If you'd like to be part of today's program, 800-848-WABC is the number to call. 800-848-9222. Of course, the news just keeps going. We are in a nonstop news cycle that lasts for years now. The days where we had dog days of summer where news was slow, those days have long been over. 
even on Christmas holidays, over the Thanksgiving weekend, Easter weekend, the news just keeps barreling down. And today we'll start with a story that was in BizPack Review. And the headline says, People openly wonder if Pelosi sat on bill to protect justices so one would be killed, replaced with a Biden nominee. This story picks up something that took place on Newsmax yesterday. My good friend, Chris Salcedo, he's, a, he's just an amazingly wonderful guy, uh, implied, says Bispack, that United States House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, D. California, had a nefarious reason for holding up action on legislation that would beef up security for Supreme Court justices and their families. In a back and forth with Congressman Rodney Davis, Chris Salcedo made reference to the man who traveled from California to Maryland allegedly with intent to kill Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh. An extremely disturbing incident that most corporate media outlets ignored, says this story. A lot of folks are starting to ask some questions out there, Congressman Salcedo chimed in. They're openly wondering why Nancy Pelosi sat on a bill that was passed by the Senate to protect Supreme Court justices. Now she's moving after an assassination attempt on Justice Kavanaugh. Are Americans right to question if Pelosi was actually hoping for or encouraging violence that could lead to Joe Biden appointing a new Supreme Court justice? Here's what the the story says next. Davis understandably deflected Salcedo's outlandish premise or theory, but nonetheless insisted that Pelosi had some explaining to do. Well, I don't see what's so outlandish about this. And I don't see why anyone would think in the day and time that we live in that it would be outlandish to wonder if that were the case. After all, we had Senator Schumer declaring in public that Kavanaugh is going to reap a whirlwind if he votes the wrong way. We're going to get him. So I don't think that there's any doubt in some people's minds that there are political officials who do think in such terms. Now, whether Nancy Pelosi would be one of those or not, I don't know what people think of her, but I don't think in these days and times, given what they are saying, given what people are saying, look what the Democrats are saying. They're saying that this is going to be the end of democracy. They're talking about that if this ruling comes down a certain way, that it's going to mean the end of civil rights, that we're going to go back to times where there are no interracial marriages, where where there are no gay marriages, blah, 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 blah. They've been, look, these are all talking points that Democrats have raised, not only on television, on radio, but in print. They, 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 you have already, there was another case, I think it was in Washington. Maybe it was a legislator whose office was firebombed or vandalized. There have been firebombs already set at numerous pro-life organizations. I think we're now up to about 20 of theirs. So certainly somebody intends for there to be violence around all of this. 
No, I don't think it's outlandish to ask the question. Sadly, I think it's a reflection of the times that we live in. In today's Atlantic magazine, they <laughs> this is a very strange, strange little article. Leave Joe Biden alone. This was... <laughs> It was a piece, yes, 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 in Atlantic today. We should all leave Joe Biden alone. Poor Joe Biden. Leave him alone. Biden's been a good president, but Republicans want to impeach him, and some Democrats want to replace him. guy by the name of Tom Nichols wrote this piece. It begins, every administration has its up and downs. Today I examine why... The Biden White House is taking more than its fair share of hits. Any evaluation of a president's performance usually begins with a sole bearing about whether the writer voted for or against the incumbent. I voted for Joe Biden and I like him, says Mr. Nichols. And then get this next sentence. I am not, however, a partisan Democrat, and I never was a member of the Democrat Party. My parents were typical Depression-era blue-collar Democrats turned post-1968 Republicans in college. He says, I became a New England moderate conservative Republican, but I worked for a centrist Democrat on Beacon Hill and for a moderate Republican, the late John Hines. Remember John Hines? That's where John Kerry struck gold after John Hines perished. John Kerry went in there and scooped up the wealthy widow. 57 flavors. Uh, The Joe Biden who ran in 2020, says Tom Nichols, appeared wiser, sadder, somewhat deflated, and seemed to be taking on the presidency as a public service and a burden. Oh, poor Joe. He did this for us. He took on the presidency because it was a burden for him. Time and tragedy had tempered Biden, and I liked him even more than I did in his flashier, Jason Sadikis-like youth. These days, I think he's done a pretty good job, especially given the fact that he's dealing with a pandemic Revelations about an attempted American coup d'etat and an economic slowdown over which he had no control. These people are truly delusional. Let's just parse that for a moment, shall we? According to uh, Mr. Tom Nichols, not a partisan Democrat, Joe Biden has done a pretty good job especially given the fact he's dealing with the pandemic. Really? He came in after the worst of the pandemic should have been over and then made it even worse. With his mandates, that's how. Revelations of an attempted American coup d'etat. Now, apparently this guy's talking about January 6th, which is just unbelievable But this is where leftists are. The coup d'etat happened against Donald Trump. But to these liberals and nonpartisan Democrats, 
who used to work for moderates. The coup d'etat against President Trump never happened. Even though anyone that really looks objectively of what happened with Donald Trump, this whole Russian collusion business, the lies that it took to get that before the FISA court, the involvement of the DOJ, the FBI, and who knows how far up in the Biden administration it went. We do know that Hillary Clinton's campaign was responsible for that dossier, that that pack of lies that the FBI then lied about. And then this author, Tom Nichols, goes on to praise. Also, he says, heading off World War III and a possible nuclear conflict. We seem to forget that this is job one for every American president. Really? Joe Biden didn't didn't do anything to head off World War III? In fact, because of Joe Biden... There are many companies that are more countries that are more at risk. Ask Taiwan. And how about this Russian Chinese alliance that has formed under Joe Biden? Do you honestly think that that, that that makes the world a safer place, Mr. Nichols? Or surely are you that delusional? And he also cites Russian going against 40 million Ukrainians and also threatening NATO, a NATO that was strengthened by Donald Trump and by Donald Trump's insistence that they pay their own bills. He says we should forget about the Republicans who are controlled by their wackiest members, I would say the fringe, but now they are the base. You know, and then he warns Democrats to hold their fire, stop whispering about what happens if if Biden steps down or even dies. If Biden does hold, hold on, well, there are some prominent young Democrats who haven't decided if they're going to support him. And by young Democrats, I mean Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, he writes. So he is full of vim and vinegar for the Republicans that he thinks are kooks. Joe Biden's been an amazingly excellent president, didn't do anything wrong. All the economy, it's not his fault, beyond his control, even though every single thing that he's done to turn back every achievement that Donald Trump made with the economy is responsible, and his and his out-of-control spending is responsible for where we find ourselves today. And where is it that we find ourselves today? You heard Bob Brown, top of the hour. If you don't know it by now, the Fed has announced a three-quarter percentage point rate hike to control inflation. Is it going to control inflation, do you think? We thought this strong action was warranted, and at this meeting we delivered on that. That's what the Fed Chair Jerome H. Powell said in a news conference following the decision. It is essential that we bring inflation down if we are to have a sustained period of strong labor market conditions that benefit all. 
The current picture is plain to see. The labor market is extremely tight, and inflation is much too high. Well, blame Joe Biden. Joe Biden and the Democrats have been printing money that we don't have like it's out of style. And yes, I know during the Trump years that there was a whole lot of printing of money. I am not going to play this game that only one side prints the money and the other side doesn't. Washington, D.C. is sick with spending on both sides. But what Donald Trump did was at least produce an economy that was humming, that was bursting. We had more economic growth during Donald Trump than many people have seen in a lifetime. True economic growth, true jobs returning from overseas, capital coming back into the United States. He finally took on China, which none, no president has done since China started growing after Richard Nixon sent Kissinger over there, and they opened the place up again. So, look, there's a lot here to unpack. We're going to get finished with it. But this idea that Joe Biden is somehow faultless for where we are with the economy and that what you're seeing today with these high interest, with these this heightening interest rate, is it going to cure inflation? No, it won't. And they'll be back raising rates again. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdley. It's Bo Snerdley's Rush Hour on WABC. Your calls are welcome, 800-848-9222. And we are coming back after this. to Real New York on 77 WABC. Come on, Pete. Start moving. Got to get me there. Edwin Starr brings us back. A Motown giant hit. 25 miles. Got to walk home. There is a new poll. This is in the Hill today. Almost half of Americans, all Americans, believe that the United States might, this is a quote, cease to be a democracy in the future, end quote. That's according to a new poll. It was conducted by Yahoo News and YouGov. So it's a Yahoo News, YouGov poll. Now, this is a decent-sized sample base. So it is more than a sample base that gets you the usual plus three or minus margin of error. The poll of more than 1,500 adults released Wednesday found that 55% of Democrats and 53% of Republicans surveyed believe the country will likely not remain a democracy one day. Now, we don't know what day many people think. Including independents, those who did not identify a political affiliation, 
of all respondents expressed this belief. Majority of Democrats, Republican surveys said they would describe the other side of the political aisle with negative phrases such as out of touch with reality, a threat to America, immoral, or a threat to me personally. And a vast minority of both Democrats and Republicans described the other side with positive terms such as well-meaning or not that different from me. So all this is telling us is that we are an extremely polarized nation, which we knew, and that both sides, for very different reasons, think that democracy will come to an end in the future, cease to be democracy in the United States of America. Well, in many ways, there isn't democracy now. We are a representative republic, and that is quite different than being a democracy. That is why we have an electoral college. That is why we have a proportion-based Senate. And by that I mean, no matter what the size of your state, we have an equal equal representation in the Senate. But we have a population-based House of Representatives. This is a really unique system of government we have here, folks. But anyway, I understand that the premise that many people operate under, oh, we're a democracy, we're a democracy, and we're going to stop being a... What do you think? Do you think that one of the... Do you think... Let me change the question for you. Because this business of one day, one day, I mean, what are we talking about? One day... 300,000 years from now, one day, 15 years from now. Let's change the question. Do you think that America will cease being the America that we know in your lifetime? How's that for a question? Do you think America will cease being the America that you know during your lifetime? The here, the now, not later. Now, interesting poll. Also, interesting little fight going on in New York between Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Mayor Adams. Mayor Adams is supporting his own slate of politicians, including he wants one of them reelected. Harlem Assemblywoman Inez Dinkins. I don't know whether she's any relation to David Dinkins or not. She's one of the first black lawmakers to call for changes in the bail law that the mayor wants to see so we can stop letting these criminals in and out of jail and releasing them so that they can commit more crimes on innocent New Yorkers. But AOC has her own candidate a housing activist, Delcinia Glover, and that's who she's supporting. AOC is uh, backing one of her staffers, Jonathan Soto, in the 82nd District. Adams is supporting veteran Bronx Assemblyman Michael Benedito. And so 
we shall see who wins this battle. One of the things that Adam says, he's making this distinction, is that, hey, we're Democrats. We're not socialist like AOC. Really? Because, Mayor Adams, it's really hard to tell the difference, aside from this issue over letting criminals roam the street at at, at all hours, and regardless of how serious their crimes are. Aside from that one issue, it seems to me that you and the Democrat Party are right in line with what the socialists want, for the most part. It's always been very difficult to find the differences when it comes down to actual policy between what the radical left wants and what the Democrat Party wants, because the Democrat Party is the radical left. For many years, they just had to hide it, though. They couldn't tell you during elections what they really wanted because they knew they could never win elections. Now they're brazen. So now you get the AOCs going out there telling people exactly, exactly who they are. I want to see who wins this one. By the way, today... Peyton Grendon. Remember who he is? Remember that name? Peyton Gendron? Gendron? That's the guy that killed all those people in the Tops grocery store, Buffalo, New York. Today, he was charged. 26 criminal counts, 18 including 10 counts of hate crimes, a hate crime resulting in death. And we'll see. Of course, there'll be a lengthy trial, and then he'll probably go to jail, maybe for the rest of his life if we're lucky. You know, a lot of people don't won't believe this. When America first began, especially, I, I, I remember spending a lot of time looking, and I forgot why now, at the statues that were in Virginia at the beginning of our founding. And people would be surprised at the speed of justice back then. If you murdered somebody, they were tried, you were tried, you were found guilty. They didn't wait around. They took you out and they hung you. Unless there was it was a Sunday. If 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 you were found guilty on a Friday or whatever it was or a Saturday, they didn't hang people on the Sabbath, so they'd wait till Monday. We still have Khalid Sheikh Mohammed sitting around in Club Gitmo 21 years after 9-11. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley. It's Bo Snurley's Rush Hour. We're coming back right after this. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. Rush. Now, here's Bo Snurdly. Ah, you know it. Slide, the family stone, bring us back. Hot fun. In the summertime. And all summer long, you can, wherever you are in the world, if you're going back on vacation, pandemic is pretty much over in many quarters. You know, you can go all over the world and keep us with you. You never have to miss a minute of the rush hour. 
All you have to do is listen live worldwide on the 77 WABC app or go online to WABCradio.com. Get that app. Keep it with you. Travel with it. Stay in touch. And have a good time because summer is approaching rapidly. There's an article today in the Old Gray Lady, uh, New York Times. The music has stopped. Crypto firms quake, quake as prices fall. And, yeah, yeah, crypto companies are laying off staff. They're freezing withdrawals. They're trying to stem their losses. And uh, the New York Times says this is raising questions about the health of the echo system. Well, it's a lengthy article. I don't have time to go through it all. But... There are pessimists in here who are saying, well, this is showing the underside, the shaky foundations that many of these companies were built on. And that's true. I don't think you can deny that. But I refer you back to, does anyone remember when the Internet bubble burst? There were a lot of companies back then that were making, going to IPOs, raising all kind of money on vaporware. Software that never was going to work. And when the Internet bubble burst, many of those companies, as well as companies that were legitimate and that were strong companies, didn't didn't make it through. Well, we're going through what is being called right now the crypto winter. There is There has been a tremendous market loss, and we're going to speak about that in coming days on our podcast, The Future Is Now with one of the most brilliant men in this space, James Eisenberg. If you want to listen to past episodes, go all things under all things golden, everything is golden. You can go to WABCradio.com and find our crypto podcast there. We call it The Future Is Now. But we're going to be talking with James Eisenberg about all of this in coming days, and also we're going to be talking about what's going on at the border with our On the Border podcast. We are recording a new episode of that tomorrow. And what is happening at the border ought to just scare you out of your minds because the flood of illegality that is at these is stunning. We have never seen anything like it in American history. And Todd Densman, who frequents the border, in fact, he was just there again, and the southern border he goes to of Mexico has given us information and reporting that you will get nowhere else. And he predicted months ago that we were heading for a surge. It is happening now. And the projections are, folks, if you haven't heard it, that within a year's time we are looking at 6,400,000 illegal immigrants coming into this country. That is the size of the population of Los Angeles. And the impact that it is going to have on America and America's economy cannot be overstated. So all of those podcasts, check out every host here on WABC has a podcast or to listen to them. Go to WABCradio.com. You know, Coinbase is the exchange that uh, that deals with a lot of crypto. And some of the empl- employees put up a petition saying they want a vote of no confidence for some of the executives. Well, the CEO of that organization is not having it. He unleashed a tweet storm. And he said, calls for this uh, 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 vote of no confidence. He says, this is really dumb on multiple levels. First of all, if you want a vote of no confidence, 
You should do it on him, not the executives. Who do you think's running the company? He says he was a little offended not to be included. Second, he says if you have no confidence in the execs or the CEO of a company, then why are you working there? Quit and find a company to work that you believe in. I like this guy. This guy is dead on. Another story in the Amazon Prime Washington Post today. The Amazon Prime Washington Post. And I have talked about this issue with our princess of policy, Diana Mee. And we'll be hearing from her on Friday and Saturday. By the way, Saturday, we're on at 7 a.m. in the morning. Make sure you're here from 7 to 10. But we've talked about how upset the left is because many of you, many Republicans, are now showing up and registering as poll workers, including to go into cities like Detroit, where normally you can't find a Republican on election night, and Republicans are fit to be tied. They want to see what's going on in these polling centers, and the left is highly upset. There's an article today, GOP spends millions on election volunteers to search for fraud. And it goes on and on and on how these, they call them election deniers, are being trained, et cetera, et cetera. And the idea that people can't go in and do poll watching without being called names by Democrats is astounding. People have every right to go in and watch what's happening in this election process. After all, what is wrong with transparency? And if these people are going in and they make false claims, they will be exposed to what they are. What is the problem in looking and being there? Well, you all know what the problem is, don't you? Because then people will actually see with their own eyes and not just one or two. They'll see what's going on. And now Rather than just coming in as observers, they want, they're going in as poll workers so they can be present during the entire election process. This is a good thing. When more Americans participate in their elections, it is not a negative thing. It is a good thing. We have people that want to respond to that poll. Let's start Basking Ridge, New Jersey, with Peter. Peter, welcome WABC Talk Radio 77. You're on with James Golden, Bo Snurley. It's our rush hour. Hey, James, say that last narrative you just put out really hit home. Thanks for that. We, we need more volunteers. Thank you. Um, um, as far as the democracy goes, um, you know, this COVID crisis really opened up our eyes and how a certain party dictated, took people's jobs away from them and pretty much made this a communist country. And can we as a country handle these types of crises and and be together and uh, you know you know be American? Yes, we can. Let me tell you something, Peter. The United States of America is a country like no other on the face of the earth. Now, I know that President Obama took a real exception to the idea of American exceptionalism. He said every country thinks they're special. And that may be true, but America is a special and unique nation. We 
and and this is coming if you take even an objective view and you want to be negative and say, okay, this country was founded with slavery still intact. That is true. But this country did something that no other country in the world did. We put a mechanism in place, a mechanism in place to correct what could not be corrected at the founding due to political differences. And that mechanism was and still is the 14th Amendment to our Constitution, which finally allowed America to overcome the original slave, the original sin of slavery. But more than that, we, America, was the nation in the world that finally led the world out of being ruled by monarchs and by feudal powers and actually allowed for a widespread widespread growth of freedom and liberty around the world. And the American people over the course of our history have given more of their national treasure, the lives of Americans, to defend freedom than any other country in the world. People don't realize how grave the threat of Nazism was all the years later. The Cold War. The Cold War, we still don't know the death toll that took place from Stalin and, of course, in China from Mao. That alone could be up to 40 million dead. You add that to the up to 50 million dead total in World War II. This world has been an abysmal killing field. The country that has done more to make life better for more people, and we're talking billions of people across this world, is the United States of America. We have inspired other countries to follow our lead, and yet and still we are the the beacon of freedom that even now, despite all the troubles that we're going through, that more people in this world want to come to because of what we are and what our system of government is. So I do not believe that we have any reason to be pessimistic. We still have to fight for our liberty and our freedoms, and it is a deep, deep battle that we're in with that internally in this nation. But we should always be optimistic because what we have in the United States of America is a jewel in humanity's history. Incidentally, today, in the year 1512, the Magna Carta was sealed. Without the Magna Carta, there would be no, no United States of America. The Magna Carta, 1512, was where the idea first became possible that those who were ruled against In other words, and these were noblemen, but they were still under the king's rule. The idea that they should not be oppressed. And the king finally had to sign along with that. And it took from 1512 to 17 to the mid, late 1700s before what began with the Magna Carta took hold here in the United States of America. 
This has been a long journey in history. But there's no reason to ever be pessimistic about where the United States of America is. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurrius, Rush Hour. Coming back right after this. The Rush Hour with Bo Snerdley. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snerdley. Rush. Now, here's Bo Snerdley. Remember, John Katz up next, Catch at Night, on WABC Talk Radio 77. Summer in the city, back of my neck, getting dirt and gritty. Bend down, isn't it a pity? Doesn't seem to be a shadow in the city. All around, people looking half dead, walking on the sidewalk, hotter than a match. Yeah. It's time, ladies and gentlemen, for us to go to rapid phones. you got to make your point quickly because we are going to try to get to every single caller that's been waiting and on hold. Let's start in Stanhope, New Jersey, with Andrew. Welcome to Bo Snurley's Rush Hour, Andrew. Oh, the uh, Democrats lying about us. Interracial marriage being banned, but that's the one thing, because I'm in an interracial marriage. I was thinking, please, that's my way out. Honey, (laughs) it's illegal. (laughs) (laughs) They they remind me of now, like, flailing a fish out of water. And lastly, the great movie Trading Places at the end when they trick, when Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd trick the other guys and the stock exchange closes and they lose their money. And they're like, reopen those machines. They're they're flipping out. It's like they're, it's too late for them, but they're flailing around like trying. And we shall. And you know, yesterday's primaries, by the way, have to have Democrats worried. There was a seat in Texas that has not been held by a Republican in decades. A Mexican, the first Mexican, born in Mexico, Congresswoman was elected. She's a Republican, and that has not just uh, Democrats in Texas scared. It is a harbinger of things to come. Also, this guy in South Carolina, Tim Rice, who who was a Trump, look, I shouldn't say he was a Trump hater. He was one that voted for impeachment and has been, before voters, explaining his vote ever, he lost. Big, huge, huge, he lost. And, of course, many Trump endorsees won yesterday again. You had one Nancy um, Mason held on. But for the most part, the people that have gone up against Trump have lost. Let us go to Jerry in Tennessee. Jerry, thank you for waiting. How are you? You're on Bo Snerdley's Rush Hour. Hey, thanks, Mr. Snerdley. I just wanted to uh, get your opinion. and Maybe you might, might have heard already, but I got a, a, a opinion on the to stop the abortion debate and i think what the republican or the conservative party needs to do is kind of play dirty like the the radicals and let's lower the voting age to heartbeat (laughs) we turn the heartbeat heartbeat into a voter i wonder how they would respond to that yeah but of course you know i understand what you're saying of course that could never happen but uh you're, you're making a point and that point is the heartbeat is a person and once you establish that and it can't be denied, there goes their argument. Let's head down to Florida. And Adam in Fort Lauderdale, welcome. You're on Bo Snurley's Rush Hour. How are you this afternoon? Uh, great. Thank you for taking the call. Uh, two things. You stole my thunder about uh, us slipping the seed in Texas. You beat me to the punch. And number two, how come our uh, 
Department of Homeland Security has not been indicted for lying, saying that the border is closed when it's wide open. Uh, I watched the Senate Judiciary Committee hearing all the time, and that guy is uh, a bumbling fool. Mayorkas is right now... Uh, Mayorkas is being uh, challenged by Republicans. They want to impeach him. There are Republicans who want to impeach them. I will tell you this. When and if Republicans gain control of the House of Representatives, we're going to see quite a different tune the way that these administration officials walk up to Congress and blatantly lie. At least there's going to be a lot of pushback for some of them. Thank you for the call. Let's go to Farmingdale, New Jersey. Uh, Susan, welcome. You're on WABC Boston Early's Rush Hour. Hi, Bo. Um, I have a question. In the 2020 elections, both my husband and I personally went to our county seat to vote. We did not do it by mail or any other manner. We went down there and did it in person. A few weeks after that, I went there and I asked for my voter history. Uh, when I got mine, I asked them for my husband's as well because the line items in our in my voter history showed that they took my vote four times. I have that document, and I want to know what to do with it, if anything. What you should do with it <clears throat> is, number one, make copies of it. And what you should do with it is, is write your secretary of state and ask for an explanation. And you should also write the voting supervisors in New Jersey. Now, you can be assured that if you write the mainstream press with your experiences, uh, they're going to pretty much dismiss it. But you can begin laying the paper trail by by actually writing to the Secretary of State and finding out of your state of New Jersey and finding out what is going on here and demanding an investigation. You can also, I would leave a paper trail as long as it goes. Look, I know you've got Democrat senators and Congress people for the most part, but there are Republicans looking into this, the House Judiciary Committee. I would send them a copy of it, too. And I'd just start following up with their offices and asking, can someone please explain this? Susan, it's great that you took the initiative to do that, and it'll be interesting to see what kind of question? What kind of answers you get back? Is that Brielli, New Jersey? Anyway, Muncie, you're up next on WABC Talk Radio 77. Thank you so much for waiting, Muncie. What's on your mind this afternoon? I just wanted to let you know I uh, signed up to be a poll worker. I became certified, and I worked the primary. It was a 15-hour day, and we have monitors which uh, we would work through the poll, put the people information in. And one of the alerts that came over from the central was say, do not ask for ID. We were not allowed to ask people for ID. We could uh, input their driver's license if they wanted to, but we weren't allowed to ask them for any ID at all. Isn't that something? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's the official policy is not to ask for ID. You cannot identify the person, just ask for their name. And you put their name in, and then the poll machine picks that specific name. Uh, and then you print the card for them to go do their voting in the voting booth. So, wow. So that, that's, uh, you know, that's maybe maybe policy. some of us should try that next time we go for TSA. Just thought I know you're not allowed to, to ask us for ID. Of course, you get thrown in jail if you try to go through there without showing your ID. Maybe when when you when you go to buy a pack of something that the government doesn't want you to have, 
and they say, hey, can I see an ID? No, you're not allowed to ask me for my ID. Well, you won't get what you want because, yes, they are. Maybe when you go to the hospital or the doctorate or somewhere and they say, oh, can I see your driver's license, make sure it's really you, you just say, no, you're not allowed to see my ID. But, of course, you would not get the service that you want. It is only voting that Democrats in this country and liberals have a problem with people showing their ID. Wonder why. Let is let us go to Jonathan in the Bronx. Jonathan, go ahead. How you doing? Very quick. Uh, the Sousa was giving a lecture in a school, university, and he act, and they were the socialists were asking to tell him, criticizing him. So he asked him, "Okay, all the white white uh, liberals are you here? Are you willing to give up your white privilege and give it to the blacks? I want to see your hands. Raise one hand. Not one of them raised their hand." That's the that's the system. That's that's the whole course of this nation. How do you talk about that? <laughs> what an interesting story, Jonathan. Thank you so much. Listen, John Katz is up next here on WABC. We want you to keep it here. And remember to get that WABC app. That w- Howie, you want to correct something. I'm sorry, we're gonna run out of time. Get Howie, what is it you'd like to correct really quickly, please? All right, Magna Carta wasn't fifteen twelve. It was twelve fifteen June. I had it interposed. I'm sorry, you're right. Twelve fifteen, not fifteen twelve. Twelve fifteen, but it was today. Twelve fifteen. Howie, beautiful day, man. You are so sure. Thank you for correcting that for us. Yes, today the birth date of the Magna Carta sealed in twelve fifty. The year twelve fifteen, not fifteen twelve. That's amazing. Twelve. 15. Wow. Remember, Cats at Night up next, as I would say. And we'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock for Boston Early's Rush Hour. Please, please, please keep it here on WABC all day, all night. Never miss a minute. Get that app, 77 WABC. Go to WABCradio.com. I'll be on Fox tonight on Jesse Waters briefly if you want to check it out. Early scheduled. You never know. You might get bumped. Anyway, that's it for the day. May God bless and protect each and every single one of you and your families. Lord knows we all need it. We'll see you here tomorrow, 4 o'clock for Boston Early's Rush Hour. Be there or be square. See you later. Bye. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.